When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Started up, that's your Thursday on B&E. Getting closer to that weekend. It'll be a long one for a lot of folks, including us here at the Horn. We'll have our Monday and Tuesday off into Independence Day next week. Of course, Bucky has been out all week. And let me say again, and to start the hour, happy birthday to Mr. Godbolt this morning. If he's out there listening or uh, if you get a chance to see the Buck today, give him a happy birthday pat on the back. He is uh, celebrating his, uh, I believe, 68th birthday today on the 29th of June. And it uh, took the whole week, and he'll be back with us next week as well. But uh, happy birthday to the Buck, for sure. Uh, buck on to the Buck, for sure. Uh, Ty Henderson is here. Buck on to him. He's up on the uh, station couch last night after an event down at uh, Moody Theater, or Austin City Limits at the Moody Theater, right there by the W Hotel. Uh, Little Yachty, was that, the, was that the one? Little Yachty? Correct. Cool. I never heard of him until you and Nick Shuley talked about him yesterday. Nick Shuley will be with us coming up. He's going to hang out for a few hours from the... Uh, of course, he's the live music update guy with us, but also a very uh, big-time sports fan. You went to UT, works closely with the Texas One Fund and the Clarkfield Collective. He's also the current president of the Austin Music Movement, among other things he does. So Nick will be with us and tell some stories in, uh, of his time. But always fun to have him in the house tomorrow on the show with Bucky out. Mike Craven will be with us from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We'll talk all things college football, Big 12, Lone Star State. That should be good. Uh, But looking forward to a 4th of July weekend. But a lot to do today on a buck-off Thursday. Uh, Buck-ons as well. Bottom of this hour, Eric Goodman will be with us. There are rumors swirling at the Austin FC about to uh, name a new sporting director. With that in mind, let's get to the headlines. Trending topics to start this uh, Thursday morning. UBO Business Services, yeah, major news swirling for Austin FC. They continue to prep for their match at Inter-Miami this Saturday. Italian journalist Fabrizio Romano reported yesterday that Rodolfo Burrell, the current assistant manager for European Premier League power Manchester City, is in line to become Austin FC's new sporting director. Head coach Josh Wolf downplayed the rumors yesterday but did acknowledge the club needs to bring someone in on a permanent basis with the summer transfer window opening up next Wednesday. Claudio Reyna stepped down as the club's sporting director, their first and only sporting director back in January amid controversy over his son Gio's playing time in the 2022 World Cup with the U.S. men's national team, after which Sean Rubio was named the interim sporting director. So we'll, we'll talk to Eric about that coming up bottom of the hour. Major League Baseball. Uh, history in Oakland last night. New York Yankees right-hander Domingo Herman authored the game's first perfect game in a dozen years, just the 24th all-time. Herman was shelled for 10 runs in just over three innings in his previous start, retired 
all the athletics you saw, 27 up, 27 down, and an 11-0 win. He's the fourth Yankee to do so. Uh, first pitcher born in the Dominican Republic to throw a perfect game. Rangers get a win last night. They beat up on the Detroit Tigers 10-2. to Dane Dunning threw shutout ball for a career-high eight and two-thirds innings. Adolis Garcia hit a home run for the third straight game in St. Louis. Uh, meanwhile, the Houston Astros are looking, looking bleak into the eighth inning, but a big five-run rally in the eighth inning highlighted by a Jose Altuve. Go-ahead three-run homer. Give the Astros a 10-7 victory. Jose Abreu also went deep. As we said, the Rangers will wrap up their series with the Tigers this afternoon. Houston will play the rubber game of their set with the Redbirds tonight ahead of that big four-game Lone Star series this weekend in Arlington. Round Rock dropped their series opener in Vegas 7-5. And big football news for the Longhorns, another big commitment. Steve Sarkeesian and the Horns have gotten the commitment from North Richland Hills. Four-star offensive lineman Daniel Cruz, 6'3", 295. He's an interior lineman. He's been a starter on varsity there at North Richland Hills since his freshman year. Held more than 30 offers from across the country, including Alabama, A&M, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. He is the eighth pledge overall, the second commitment in the trenches for the Longhorns and Kyle Flood in the 24 recruiting cycle. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Yeah, Ty, you ask, is, is a perfect game the most uh, rare thing in sports? It certainly is among them. Somebody, our man, uh, screenwriter on the text line says, an albatross in golf might be rarer than a perfect game, but it's close. An albatross would be two strokes under par. A birdie is one stroke, two strokes no, it would be three strokes under par. A double eagle would be... An albatross is two on five, right? Yeah, two on five. Which, you see my screen saver here on my phone right here? Uh-huh. That was, the, that ball right there that is about two centimeters from the cup, that would have been an albatross for me. So what is that, a constant reminder to yourself how close I don't you know. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Just, it looks kind of cool on my screen, screen saver. So I was playing, it was, I was playing by myself. And it was the original number one hole at Onion Creek, par five, dog leg to the right. And I hit a beautiful drive right down the middle, and then I hit a seven iron with the wind behind me. And it, if you've ever played that hole at Onion Creek, you can't see where it lands because it's kind of an elevated green and there's trees that, that kind of block your view. So I knew I hit it good, and I hit it where I wanted. It was online and uh, drove up, and there it was. I mean, this close to a, a two on a five. That would really upset me. Uh, well, I'll, I took the eagle very happily. I tapped it in, and because uh, I've never had a hole in one, not not you know not, not in 25 years of playing golf, I've never had a hole in one, and uh, that's my closest to the uh, the incredibly rare two on a five, two on a five. I've also never had a a two on a four. I've also I've never hold out from the fairway. That's never happened. So never. Mm-mm. Nope. No close. I'm pretty sure I've hold out from the fairway. Really. Well, I've chipped in, like chipped in from the green side. Or, You're talking like 115 yards out? Yeah, anything like a wedge in your hand from 70 yards out, I've never done that. So, and I'm not a great golfer, so what do you know? But the, but those two shots, man. Well, that's the thing. I think I, it, I, I got to where I was a pretty good golfer, but, you know, uh, that was those were two really good drives. Dry, and I will confirm that it was downwind, so I had the wind behind me. I hit two really, really good shots. The perfect game has to be way less common than the Albatross, though, just based off the fact that, me and you, you were that close to hitting it. I, I think that probably has happened more times in this world. The amount of people that play golf every day, you would yeah, think, right? Probably. And Albatross is so hard. This says, "E, I would have told you to mark it." <laughs> well, I, I would have marked it happily. I mean, really, it was it was one more rotation. It would have rolled in the cup. I mean, that's really how. And it was going in, like the where it sits. Nick was was going into the hole. 
Uh, pretty ridiculous shot. So, yeah, I had to take a picture of it because I was by myself. But uh, I took my eagle, and I think I bogeyed the next hole, which is a par three down the hill, right to Onion Creek. I think I probably bogeyed it. That's just the way that goes. That's golf. Uh, that's golf, and that's uh, baseball. Perfect game last night. We're also talking Texas football. Uh, why tie up on the couch last night, taking your buck-ons and buck-offs this morning as we get this thing uh, rolling. Nick Shuley will be with us, as we mentioned, and Eric Goodman talks Austin FC soccer at the bottom of the hour. Let me mention, I'll get my buck-on of the day, um, and we're going to talk to Eric about this at the bottom of the hour, and I'm going to effort to try to get him on the show. But congratulations to Austin FC goaltender Brad Stuver. Um, for the second consecutive year, Brad has been nominated for the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award given annually by ESPN to its, at its annual ESPY Awards that happen each July. That's coming up July the 12th. Uh, the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award is given, according to ESPN, to, quote, an athlete whose continuous demonstrated leadership has created a measured positive impact on their community through sports. And uh, this is incredible. He's back-to-back years he's been nominated for this. He's the only player in MLS history that's been nominated for this, and, and he's back-to-back years. Um, he's only, you know, Austin FC has only been online for this is in their third season, and Brad's been here the whole time. But man, the 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 multi, I mean, just reading about what he does. When I say multifaceted, he's involved in so many things behind the scenes to help serve some of the most underserved communities in Central Texas. It really is incredible and and worth note uh, because you know there are a lot of guys and a lot of athletes, male and female, that give their time and don't, that you know try to help a cause and do things bigger than them. But man, this guy. To be this recognized on a, on a global scale for what he's doing here in Austin, Texas, deserves a huge buck on him. We'll talk to Eric about that. He covers Austin FC for the Austin Chronicle, and he's covered Brad. And we're going to have to get Brad on the show because that is such a, a huge honor. And now he didn't win it last year. That went to Albert Pujols of the St. Louis Cardinals. But uh, we'll see if he can pull it. To get nominated back-to-back years might tell you this might be his year uh, to bring that home, which would be pretty cool. And uh, keep an eye on this sporting director piece of news. Uh, for the Longhorns coming up as well. So buck-ons and buck-offs, uh, hit us up. Do you give a buck-on to the uh, – have you ever been to an ACL taping before last night? That was my first one. First one. Been to many, of course, thanks to our friend Tom Gimble, the former general manager at Austin City Limits. And uh, your, your thoughts, I mean, obviously you got cameras floating around. Did, did, did they do any re- – redo any songs? Oh, um, well, he came out and he was like – just restarted the first song like four times and eventually it was like, my auto-tune's not – like this mic isn't right. And then he walked off stage for like 45 minutes, so I got a late start, and then he came out and just performed a completely different song. But, it, I mean, it was... Well, cause, because it's a taping for a TV show, of course, and ACL TV is the longest-running music television show of all time anywhere, which is... Yeah, quite, that was that a, was his only mess up, but it took. But like, yeah, but, but since, since they, they narrow it down to one hour, right, or for what, sometimes thirty minutes for the episodes that air on PBS. Uh, so yes, they, they they want to make sure they get that that take right for a song that's going to end up on the show. Well, that song it's not. I tell you that that one is not going to end up on there because he did about twenty seconds of it three times and then started over. Just never, yeah, just never came never came back to it. Yeah, sometimes but, uh, they'll they'll let's do that. And I gosh, I'm trying to remember who I was there to see and they. After the whole thing was over, they're like, okay, we want to go back and, and hit that one back again and make sure we get a better cut of that song, which is pretty cool. This says, uh, E, must have been playing from the Red Tees. No, I was playing from the – this was, gosh, three, four years ago. And I, I used to be able to hit my irons a ton. And I, for whatever reason, I don't anymore. Uh, I'm maybe it's not as flexible as I was. But, yes, I, I hit a 7-iron. It was a 7-iron from about uh, 200 – no, 7-iron from about 190. Now, I, I would not hit a 7-iron today, 190. I would probably hit a 
five or a six iron from 190. But with the wind behind me, it was a good win, too. Let me just say that. Pretty good win for my uh, for my near albatross, but it didn't happen. This says there have been only, only been 15 unassisted triple plays in the history of baseball. And that's true. Yeah, somebody also said the quadruple double in basketball is a rarity. That's true, too. That's, that's you know, double digits in four different categories. I know my guy, Akeem Olajuwon, did that a couple times because he would uh, get the block shots. He'd get the double-digit blocks. Um, look that up, Ty. Number of quadruple doubles ever in, in NBA history. And he says there are only 15 unassisted triple plays. So the triple play. But, you know, the triple play, that's just one play in a game, which, you know, they're, they're rare as heck. But, man, a perfect game is 27, nine innings of baseball. Uh, I'll put that above a triple play. But, yeah, triple plays are rare. Um, but Oh, unassisted triple play. That's one guy, one player making all three outs, which is pretty cool. This says, uh, you're talking golf. Is golf a game or a sport? Oh, man. There's, there's only ever been four quadruple doubles. In NBA history? Can you give me the list? I know Hakeem did it. Uh, Hakeem, David Robinson, and... Hakeem did it twice, right? He, um, I believe he did, but he, I could be wrong. I don't know, I'm having to read like a whole article. I don't do I'll that. get back to you here in a second. Get back to me. Get back to me. Is game is golf a game or a sport? Uh, thanks for that. Um, it's, it's a game. Sport. It's a game. It's a sport though. Well, look, it's it's a game. It's a very demanding. It's sport, a skilled if you ask me. skilled game. It's become a sport, but I think it started as a game. It's a it's 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 not different than it's it's a game. Where you're, a game of skill, you're trying to hit a ball with a stick so into tennis, a hole. So is tennis a game? Tennis is a sport because you play an opponent. You're you playing play against somebody. And in, in golf, though. And, well, but you're actually playing against the course. The, 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 your opponents around you have no bearing on your outcome. None. Well, getting that head, getting that dome. Well, yeah, you can have mental challenges, but then you could do that in darts. Do that in pool. Build I think bowling. darts is a sport, too. Bowling is definitely a sport. Darts is a game. It's a game. Just because you're playing against, it's a sport. Okay, against, we'll see, this is what we do. This is going to start a problem. Well, it's a, it, it's a game. Like, it's a, it's a game. game. You still need some athletic ability to play it. Darts? Yeah. You need arms. Well, hand-eye coordination. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's start that. Let's dive into our Coach's Corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. Darts is a sport. It's a competition because you can play, you know, you can everybody sign up for a dart tournament, but and then it becomes a competition. But a sport? Come on now. Anything there's a champion. Oh gosh, that is a broad spectrum of what is a sport and what is not. But let's that's that's a an aged time aged sports talk radio debate that we don't want to get into. Uh, Eric Goodman, bottom of the hour. Nick Shuley will be here as well as a, as a special guest host. Also wanted to get into uh, get Ty's thoughts and your thoughts on the most indispensable Longhorns in 2023. I've seen a couple of articles written on this, and I think it's a it's a very fair question because I don't think the answer is like you would immediately list off some names, but maybe they're not the names. Because here's the thing. Here's where I'd say indispensable, Ty. On a team that doesn't seem to have many holes, they don't seem to have many blind spots as far as positions go, right? They have got they look to be pretty deep in, some, in key places. Who are the most indispensable players like, to, to win a championship and to make the run in what I call the all-gas, no-excuses season for the Longhorns? you gotta, you got to have some good fortune, and you've got to have – you know, some luck on your side to stay stay relatively injury-free. Look, I mean, gosh, we talk about earlier, Ty, and we talk about all the time, the four losses last year 
you know, were all winnable fourth quarter kind of games, and the Longhorns found ways to lose them. Um, think about the margins. You know, in one spring practice last year, one fall practice last year, the Longhorns lost their starting left left guard and their starting wide receiver Isaiah Nair to season-ending injuries. If you remember, both of them, and you know, not having Isaiah Nair. I mean, really may have been a difference in the Longhorns having a win or two more last season, seriously, because we know that Xavier Worthy then ended up with a broken hand and he became a guy that they wanted to use in the slot exclusively and let Isaiah Nayer be the guy that, that ran the deep shots and stretched the field. But without him, you were trying to use Xavier Worthy to do a little bit of both and, and kind of cross-training him in, in multiple spots. And he didn't have a great season, um, didn't have a season like he did as a freshman. And, you know, the injury to, to, to X-Man became a factor, too. But to lose Isaiah Nair was a big, big problem. They also lost their starting left guard in that same, same practice. And those things came back to, to haunt a Texas team that, that didn't have the depth maybe to weather those like this year's team would. So I will say, uh, biggest and most indispensable Longhorn, I'll tell you who mine is. Ready? Jalen Ford, middle linebacker. That's what I was going to say. Was that going to be yours? Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Ford at middle linebacker. And not just because he is the heart and soul of their defense, but the the what's what's behind him, right? I mean, they also aren't sure who the you know you're you're thinking that maybe Anthony Hill, um, the, the freshman from Denton, is going to be the other linebacker. If not, it's David Benda. Uh, you're trying to find that next guy. But man, Jalen Ford is such a difference maker for them in the middle of the defense. He's their captain, uh, coming back for his senior season. I just that's a guy that you lose him. I mean, you, you could be – I mean, it just it will change the, the look of your defense. And I'm not saying he's going to get hurt. I'm just saying injuries happen, and you cannot afford – I mean, because I, people will immediately say Quinn Ewers at quarterback, you know, okay, then, then yes, he is a very, very important player. But if you lose Quinn Ewers, you feel pretty good that Malik Murphy can come in and win you some football games. Now, you haven't seen him play in a game not named the spring game, but at the same time you feel good about the talent there. I'm not sure. I think I still think linebacker is their thinnest – position when you look at the depth chart right now for Texas and Jalen Ford is among their best players he I think he should have been the Big 12 Conference Defensive Player of the Year last year you talk about margins and getting you know the margins between wins and losses his big plays at the end of games last year against Iowa State against Baylor uh, and some other spots you know gave the long one games for the Longhorns I would say he is my number one guy I'm also going to say Kelvin Banks at left tackle uh, as number two I think Kelvin Banks at left tackle because you have some depth on the offensive line, but he is so far and away your best. I think Kelvin Banks may be your best all-around player uh, from what we saw him as a freshman. And if he involves in Kyle Flood's offensive line and improves his physicality and run blocking, his pass blocking is already at an elite level. I mean, the fact that he last year faced four first-round draft picks as a true freshman and gave up zero sacks against Will, the likes of Will Anderson, uh, and Duke Uzoma from from K State, uh, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, who went in the top ten to the Vegas Raiders. He didn't give up a sack to these guys. Will McDonald from Iowa State was a first round draft pick. Didn't give up a sack. He is that important because he anchors that line. To lose him would 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 shuffle things. That is an indispensable piece if you're going to make a run at a Big Twelve championship and maybe more. I'm also going to say, on the defensive side of the ball, do two on offense, two on defense. On offense. It's Kelvin Banks, and I'll get my other one coming up. But the other one on defense is Baron Sorrell. I think Baron Sorrell at defensive tackle, by all accounts, is their most consistent player. Uh, he's their their heavy their their highest motor guy, and may of all their defensive linemen have the highest ceiling of what he can become. 
Um, his, his relentless, that's a guy you have to have. He, he's been a good player, but he's on the verge of becoming a great player, and you wouldn't want to see that derailed by some type of injury. Everyone you mentioned so far is exactly what I was going to say. Oh, good. Then we're on the same page. And then I'm also going to say on the offensive side of the ball, Jatavion Sanders, a tight end, because what it, you talk about a difference maker on offense. If you, if you have the – you know, remember, the Longhorns have brought in Paul Christ from Wisconsin to be an analyst to Steve Sarkeesian and an advisor – a uh, big part of that is that power run game, that gap scheme run game, and and you know outside zone run game that he is so famous for with all the success he had at Wisconsin as the head coach. He's a former quarterback as well, like Sark. I think those two are going to be really compatible uh, because I think Sark realizes and this staff realizes if we can run the football, and we're going to have to do it without B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, if we can develop a consistent running game uh, with this offense and, and 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 you know the running back stable that they have. We're going to be really, really hard to stop because if we can give our quarterback, Quinn Ewers, play action and the ability to force defenses to have to put extra guys into the box to stop a run game, that's going to make, with our weapons on the outside, uh, that is going to make us incredibly difficult to stop. Um, and Jatavion Sanders, to me, becomes a big factor there because, gosh, the, the receiving weapons on the outside, Xavier Worthy, Isaiah Nair, we already mentioned, Jordan Whittington, and the, the transfer of A.D. Mitchell. That gives you four top-end receivers uh, that you've got to match up with, and especially if you have a run game that complements that. Well, now what are you going to do? Well, that makes Jatavion Sanders just a matchup nightmare, both in the ability to run the football and then those play-action passes where he just becomes a monster. The other thing I'll say about J.T. Sanders is, again, I think the drop-off, kind of like Jalen Ford, the, the drop-off from him to the next player on the depth chart is pretty precipitous. And it's nothing against those players. It's just Jatavion Sanders has a chance to be an All-American. Uh, Kelvin Banks has a chance to be an All-American. Uh, and then the next guy, probably good player, but not an All-American player. There's a big drop there uh, for me with those, th- those three guys. Uh, I think Jalen Ford, Kelvin Banks, Jatavion Sanders, those are All-American caliber players. Uh, so to, to make a run in a championship, you need those guys to play like All-Americans. And uh, so any injury to those three it would be critical. I'll also put uh, Baron Sorrell on there. And for sure, for sure, I, I'll make number five Quinn Ewers. Uh, Quinn Ewers, uh, because he is your most experienced quarterback, quarterback will determine the ceiling of this football team this year. Um, you, you feel good about Malik Murphy, but you just, you know, can you get 11, 12 games out of Quinn Ewers? It's something he needs desperately because let's remember about Quinn. He didn't play his senior year of high school because he opted out and went to Ohio State, where he didn't play. He got hurt as a junior in high school, um, but came back for the playoffs. I mean, he has not played an injury uh, full season since he was a sophomore in high school, where he became the number one quarterback prospect in the country. Um, but, you know, of course, again, the injury as a junior, didn't play a senior, didn't play at Ohio State, came back last year, got hurt in week two. Missed five games, came back for the Oklahoma or four games, came back for the Oklahoma game, and wasn't the same after the injury. Quinn Ewers needs to stay healthy. Those are my five. You on board with those? Yeah, exact same. Okay, exact same. There yeah, we go. It was weird. <laughs> Every time I was, I had a, I had a name in my head for each pick, and it was exactly right. So we're on the same, for once. We're on exactly the same. Exactly. For once. Well, that's good. <laughs> we we we, con- we conflict sometimes, which is good, guys. All right. So one of our one of our listeners did the math on the perfect games. 242,500 baseball games played in the last 140 years. There have been 24 perfect games. That is a .9896 percentage of an occurrence, under 1%. So, I feel like that's way less than 1%. <laughs> pretty rare. 
Well, that's the I, I'm going on his math. That's what he says. Point nine eight nine six. So yes, point nine, point nine percent chance of a perfect game. So if you've ever been to a perfect game in person, I was almost at one of uh, Nolan Ryan threw seven no hitters. By the way, Nolan Ryan also threw nineteen one hitters, and I was at one of the nineteen one hitters uh, in Houston. It was a game against the Atlanta Braves. It was sometime in the nineteen eighties. It's way less than one percent, by the way. Is it? Well, that's what this guy wrote. So point zero 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 four percent. Thank you very much. Uh, this says indispensable. Whoever the kicker is. Well, yeah, kickers are pretty indispensable, uh, but you need one. Well, you don't know you need a kicker until you need a kicker. Like the Cowboys last year with Brett Maher. What a nightmare that was. Let's hope that doesn't recur. But it doesn't feel like the Cowboys have done much to address their kicker position. They got a guy that's kicked like 10 career field goals. I never like anything time. in sports that begins with, they got a guy. They got a guy. We like our guys. (laughs) We like our guys. Hey, we're coming back. We'll talk to Eric Goodman, Austin FC. Also, our buddy Nick Shuley will join us. Your thoughts on the most rare achievements in sports based on the perfect game last night for Domingo Herman and your list of most indispensable Longhorns in 2023. It's Beanie on the Horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. We said a uh, four-homer game by one player. Pretty rare. That's true. Four-homer game. Perfect game last night in Major League Baseball. Also talking most indispensable Longhorn and taking your Buck-Ons and Buck-Offs. Right now, though, Buck-On to our uh, Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline because a great uh, guest joined us earlier in the week to talk Austin FC, but new developments surrounding uh, Austin's MLS soccer team. Uh, Eric Goodman, Austin Chronicle, always a great conversation, joins us on the hotline. What's up, Eric? Good morning. Hey, Aaron, twice in one week. I love it. Must yeah, man. Summertime. Yeah, double dip. Well, and there's big developments, and you're our go-to guy when there are big developments with Austin FC. Before we get to the uh, the rumors and the, the the swirling news around the club, uh, real quick, it's a buck on, buck off Thursday, so we're talking about buck ons, and I mentioned that Brad Stuver being nominated once again for the ESPY for the Humanitarian of the Year. Um, I, you know, reading about him, what a, a you know what a guy, what a selfless person who gets involved with some of the most. Uh, underserved areas of our, our our community right here in Austin, Texas. Uh, you cover him and, and been around him. What is uh, what is it about Brad Stuver that has had him nominated for this award on back-to-back years? Well, he, he and his wife Ashley just have this incredible commitment to uh, the Laundry Project, which um, which provides days of free laundry uh, to communities who um, for for whom that's that's a, a big big need and and something that they don't have access to on a regular basis um, and. Brad, to me, is such is the most unique athlete I've ever covered because um, approachable doesn't even begin to describe it. I mean, he's he's just he is you know an average Joe in in his attitude and and, and you know just one of the nicest guys that you know. Listen, if, you know, there's not not every one of these uh, Austin FC players I would necessarily um, feel like you know would enjoy having people come up to them in a grocery store and just chat chat the roof for a half hour. I think he would welcome it, and he's just, you know, he's such a great face for for this team, uh, and and you know, becoming very much a face of Major League Soccer and with these humanitarian awards that he's been nominated for. Gosh, the Laundry Project. Yeah, I was reading about that. What a, it's such a thing off the nose thing you wouldn't think about, but uh, you know, it, it just reminds you just things we take for granted. Uh, a lot of people don't have and don't have access to, and. Uh, uh, just you know, thinking of things like that to to serve and help other people and help the underserved, uh, pretty darn incredible. Let's hope for him. July twelfth 
will be that ESPY uh, Awards, and he's up for it again. Let's hope he wins it this year. And uh, as we said, we're going to try to get Brad on the show and talk to him for a while, like you just said, very approachable. And we have uh, not had a conversation with Brad. We should have long before now. Hey, Eric, the uh, the big news surrounding the team. Let's start with this. Take us back to January when Claudio Reyna stepped down as the sporting director for Austin FC. And, you know, in, in you know, other sports parlance, that would be your, you know, your general manager. That would be your, your, your athletic director. This is the guy who built the, built the roster, built the team. Um, what was the situation with Claudio Reyna? We know he had the, he and his mother, or he and his wife, uh, had the issue with Gio and Greg Berhalter and the U.S. men's national team. Uh, what led to him saying, uh, I, I need to step aside here in Austin? Well, so yeah, I mean, this all came as fallout and, and really just messy and and totally, in my opinion, a, a shameful uh, situation after the World Cup um, where, yeah, you had this, this um, you know, for, between two families who, who had always been associated with each other as great friends when you talk about the Burhalters and the Reynas, it just got super ugly, uh, seemingly over just Burhalters' reluctance to, um, you know, give Gio Reyna, you know, a featured role on the team at the World Cup. And it, it dragged Austin FC into this. And, and there was, you know, elements of the treatment of domestic abuse allegations and, you know, how flippantly the Reynas were using those seemingly as blackmail, um, you know, for Burhalter, you know, taking a totally private, um, personal off-the-field issue and using it as ammunition, you know, to fight an on-field issue, which is just, how many minutes Gio was getting played was, was, was being played. And so, you know, for Austin, it was, it was completely, they, they won't, you know, say this, but I'm, I'm sure it was a club first decision that led to um, Claudia Reyna stepping away as the sporting director. And, um, you know, it wasn't something where they were able to necessarily fire him immediately that, you know, we were told that he was, you know, taking a, a step back into a more um, in, into a lesser role but it's my understanding that he's no longer with the club in any capacity. And so the, the responsibilities of what he was doing as the general manager were kind of falling double duty onto Josh Wolf and, and also Sean Rubio, who was, who was you know, also very prominent in that front office. Uh, but it's, it seems like they were always kind of looking to bring in a CEO of, of that front office that, that they now appear to be doing with Rodolfo Burrell. All right, uh, and so Rodolfo Burrell, we'll talk about him coming up, but you know, Josh Wolf did, didn't acknowledge this yesterday as far as the name Rafael Burrell and, and maybe going there, but at the same time, he did confirm that you know, it's, been, it's been a challenge um, you know, without a sporting director because uh, you know, it happened in late January, pretty, pretty close to the start of the season. He said it did cause some issues. Uh, with some players that maybe they missed out on, and and you know maybe he didn't say this, but I'm going to say maybe led to, has led to some of the, the the poor early play. But there's a a transfer window opening up next Wednesday, July the fifth, and that's obviously an important piece of uh, piece of, of time on, on the timeline here to have someone in place. Explain that before we talk about the the possible successor to Claudio Reyna, the uh, transfer window, and how important sure. that is. Sure, and and you know another interesting thing that Josh mentioned. Not only did it did did Reyna's dismissal um, interfere with them maybe going out and targeting you know and, and signing players they targeted, he also mentioned it, it interfered with them offloading some guys that, that that apparently they had plans to offload, which which is really interesting. Brings me to a name of of a guy like Alex Ring, who it's been very awkward um, all season. First of all, he hasn't been made available to the media at all. Um, he was he was no longer named the captain after this season. It, 
I, this is not me reporting anything. This is just me kind of connecting some dots here. I'm, I'm not 100% certain it was the plan for uh, Alex Ring to, to be back with the club this year. And I'm very interested to see uh, if, you know, this, this high, highly paid player, this, you know, in the past, a very important player for Austin. Is he somebody that is going to be leaving the club and opening, uh, you know, some room for, for added talent that might fit a bit better? But, yeah, it's a unique quirk about MLS in the timing of the year that the league goes through relative to every, pretty much every other soccer league in the world. Um, for every other soccer league, they're in their offseason right now. So they're looking to make their biggest deals right now in the summertime. MLS is obviously in the middle of its season, so it's not, you know, it, it's not necessarily you don't have all the flexibility that you'd like to have. But some of players will be available right now in the summer that are, are unlikely to be available when it comes around to the next off season. So this is a big time starting uh, with the first Jan- uh, first of July for Austin. Uh, and, and I think even though they're turning a corner in terms of their play, certainly are, are going to look to improve. Interesting. Um, but that makes sense that everybody else around the world is off. Uh, so the moves get made right in the middle of your season, which is rare. It's, it, that's a different uh, different timeline for, for most sports fans, the way things work uh, with such a global game like soccer. Uh, all right, so the name is Rodolfo Burrell. He's the current assistant manager for Man City, of course, the powerhouse there in the uh, Premier League uh, over in Europe. What, what do we know about him, if anything, of what uh, he may bring to if he is the guy? Well, I mean, it, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better resume in terms of being at, at the biggest clubs and making a great impact than, than Rodolfo Burrell has. I mean, this is a guy who started his coaching career in, in the most legendary uh, academy in the world, and that's Barcelona's academy. Uh, he was Lionel Messi's first-ever uh, coach at wow. Barcelona, and, and you can throw a whole bunch of names alongside Messi as well that he worked with and helped develop, um, you know, has really kind of, made his name in the youth academy uh, section. And then, yes, over the last nine years was a um, direct assistant coach to Pep Guardiola, who, you know, the Nick Saban of soccer, you know, and that might, not, might, that might even be selling him short to an extent. Um, and so you know, the, the resume is outstanding. What's interesting to me, you know, there was a time not long ago where a, a, a person with those credentials at the biggest clubs in the world you know, might not even necessarily be that good of a fit in MLS because they were just some, so many worlds apart. And, you know, he, this guy, you know, coaching guys like Erling Haaland um, and, uh, you know, just some of the, mo- the biggest names in the sport, it's, it's, it would have been a, a huge step down in, in dealing with an entire different class of player. And that's still the case to an extent, but the gap is closing and you're seeing more clubs go out and attract uh, player, attract you know front office talent, coaches uh, from these bigger leagues because MLS really is you know starting to kind of find their foothold in this you know kind of global game, uh, and and you know we know that Austin is is really big on trying to become one of the best academies in the in MLS, and so I think that's going to be Rodolfo Burrell's first mission is using all of his experience to make Austin you know one of those clubs that teams around the world look at and say. Those those players that they're churning out are, are players that we're going to be interested in. It's interesting. Uh, the, I think a lot of even soccer fans and locally maybe not know the academy that they're building behind the the actual top level team, uh, which which of course the, the goal would to be produce your own players right right through your own academy that end up playing on your pitch. Big picture. That's that's the, uh, the European model and the global model, which is impressive. Uh, it also tells me that uh, you know we're learning Anthony Precourt and this ownership group. 
Uh, this this the way you just described it, uh, Eric, is that this is a home run hire, which means they're this is a this is an organization that wants to compete at the highest levels. Yeah, it's, and I think that's true. I think Anthony Precourt does deserve a lot of credit for you know for going. It, it's not it, it's not kind of in his nature, you know, in the past to go you know outside the quote unquote family. Um, I mean, Claudio Reyna was somebody he was he was connected to. Josh Wolf was was an assistant coach with uh, the Columbus Crew when when Precourt owns uh, the, you know the team in Columbus. This is really going off the beaten path. But I, again, you really can't argue with the resume. And what I think will help, obviously, when you bring in somebody. Uh, outside of MLS, with all of the wonky, unique, um, you know, ma- machinations of rules that that the league kind of has just arbitrarily operates under, that's going to be a learning curve for for somebody like Rodolfo Burrell. Luckily, you know, maybe these last few months of experience that Josh Wolf and, and certainly Sean Rubio have been able to, to kind of get filling in for Claudio Reyna, I think it's going to help them, you know, be being a more more help to Rodolfo Burrell you know, navigating all of these machinations that, that you have to just be mindful of, at least until MLS decides to, you know, get its acts together and loosen some of the restrictions. Eric, always great. Appreciate it. That's uh, what we needed right there. Now an overview of what may be to come. Uh, do we know, is there a timeline on, on maybe when this happens? Obviously, July 5th is the opening of the, trans, of the window. Uh, think this is done, obviously, by then? Uh, we'll see. No, I have no no sense of of when an announcement might come. But I mean, some of the the most prominent names in in the in journalism in soccer have have uh, reported it. So I would I would uh, certainly put a lot of money on it happening. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Eric Goodman, Austin Chronicle, covering the Austin FC and uh, uh, all of soccer. It's always really good stuff. Thank you, Eric. You got it, Aaron. Take care. All right, Eric Goodman. Follow him on Twitter at Goodman. And he's got a great Twitter handle. It's just his last name, Goodman. Uh, and just really, really good conversation uh, on all things Austin FC and what's to come and what led us to this point. We'll come back at our Hot or Not topics, things we've missed halfway through a buck off Thursday. Also, our good friend Nick Shuley will join us as a special guest host the rest of the way. It's B&E on the Horn. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Absolutely hot or not on a buck off Thursday. Certainly hot on uh, our man Nick Shuley in the house. Nick, of course, you hear him on Wednesdays in the live music update. Uh, he's going to hang out with us the rest of the show with uh, the Buck enjoying his birthday today. Happy birthday to Bucky Godbolt on this Buck Off Thursday. Of course, Nick is the uh, president of the Austin Music Movement and uh, helps with our live music, but also in uh, running the Clark Field Collective, the NIL, the collective for the Longhorns, and uh, close with the Texas One Fund, which is pretty cool. Hello, Nick. What's going on, guys? What's going on? So what else don't you do? I mean, you got all kinds of titles here. I'm reading you. Uh, Keystone of, of Keller Williams... No, Will Realty, you had a bo- you had a meeting with the boss this morning, Greg, uh, Mr. Keller there, Gary Keller and Keller Williams, and so that's why you're here now. How about when the boss says I need to see you at six a.m.? Yeah, that's uh. Well, you take you take time with him when you can get it, and uh, yeah, I'm the only person in the entire building who has nothing to do with real estate, so it's 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 pretty funny. You can kind of tell that that I don't fit in, but uh, everybody over there is great. But it's definitely a different uh different atmosphere over there than than me. <laughs> well. I'm glad you're here. Appreciate you doing it. And uh, you were at the uh, the taping last night over at Austin City Limits at Moody Theater uh, to see Little Yachty 
Little Yachty, and you both said, you and Ty Henderson said it was unique. Kind of a different kind of show. I don't think the crowd, anyone in the crowd, except for like maybe two to five people, were expecting what they got last night. Yeah, and I'm not sure a lot of a lot of the crowd had been to a lot of tapings. It was definitely a definitely a younger crowd. So it was, I mean, a good thing for the show to get you know get that younger audience in there. But, uh, but yeah. there were some straight like ten year olds that were. I'm, sure, I'm assuming a lot of <laughs> uh, you know. People who have spots at ACL tapings uh, gave their tickets to their kids. Yeah, that's that's a great <laughs> great way to put it. And yeah, he had he kind of had some technical difficulties at the start with uh, with I think it was his auto tune. He couldn't get it in the right the right key and or Ty, something. I said auto tune, and he said, "Yeah, well, he can't really sing very good." <laughs> no, he, I, I I've liked Lil Yachty since I was in high school, so it's kind of it was a, more of a nostalgic thing for me. Even though it's a complete, he doesn't rap. He was a rapper back then. It's. It's not even where we're close to rap. It's like trippy, psychedelic. I, I don't know. Yeah, what would you yeah, call it? What, what genre would you put that, I mean, that concert under? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I have no idea. And I've never heard of him until uh, yesterday, until you guys said you want to go there. I've never heard of Little Yachty. Well, and it's funny. I'm, He's the guy, have you ever seen the guy? He used to have like the red beaded hair. Nope. Okay. <laughs> nope. I, I'm kind of like a, a little, you know, a little not elitist about the singing and that pieces of it so when when people use autotune it took me a long time to understand that that's become actually like a new art form in a lot of this is the way people use autotune bend bend people's voice to the notes and things like that and he's definitely one of those that does does a lot of a lot of that in his music you can color me not a fan of that i will just say that <laughs> it took uh, me a while i am a fan of this heinz you know the heinz ketchup company i've weighed in on does ketchup belong in the refrigerator or not in the refrigerator you guys have an opinion on this in Hot or Not? I've never really thought about it. I do know that our ketchup at home resides in the in the refrigerator, but you know ketchup doesn't get refrigerated a lot of places. It just sits on tables and restaurants and things, and then they put it up. So it doesn't have to be refrigerated, but according to the folks at Heinz, they say to make it last as long as possible and keep the flavor as long as possible, it should be refrigerated when not being used. Yeah, that's like when you're at the bar and you get the ketchup thing and it just squirts out like straight liquid. Oh. I think that might be. Is that because it's not cold? Is that... I don't. Yeah, I don't know. They I, just said uh, it, it, it's it's not going to go bad. I'm pretty sure say, on the bottle though it says like refrigerate after. Well, they use. don't at most restaurants I go to. I don't no. either. It <laughs> well, doesn't bother me. I'm a big ketchup guy. Well, You're I'm thinking huge. about it. I keep the ketchup in the fridge, but any of the packets I have that are left over, I throw them in the cupboard. So I guess it doesn't make a <laughs> See, lot of sense. I don't like cold ketchup as much. Well, it's in the huh. fridge. I know. So usually I'll set it out. Oh, that's weird. Before I start cooking. <laughs> you're, you're, you're planning ahead. Yeah. It's kind of a fat-so move. Yeah. <laughs> fat-so move. Meal prepping with I this ketchup. I don't like cold ketchup. <laughs> that is awesome. Got to defrost it. Okay. Well, I do that with like chicken and, and meat and stuff. I tell you to take it out ahead of so it's kind of close to room yeah. temperature before cooking it. You don't want it to tense up when you which, throw it on the grill. Which I think that's good. Uh, also, we're going to like this and Hot or Not, and then Ty's got some topics we've missed halfway through this uh, Thursday edition. A flying car. Remember the Jetsons with the flying cars? We all thought, man, that's going to be cool when they get there. A flying car has been approved for testing by the FAA for the first time ever. That's right. A company called Alef, A-L-E-F, is behind it. People are excited. It can take off vertically. So theoretically, if you get stuck in traffic, you can take off and fly past it if you're the only one with one of these flying cars. Um, could flying cars be a thing coming soon? We'll see. Uh, Alif Aeronautics, flying car design. There you see a picture of it there, Nick. I I feel like the, uh, what is it, the uh, submersible stories recently might might make people a little uh, hesitant to jump in in the uh, guinea pig part of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll let someone else be the guinea pig. But uh, I'll put my 250K somewhere else. I'm, already, I'm still worrying about these, these driverless cars that are going around Austin that I've almost got. Last weekend, I got almost in one night, like five times, they just cut me off or like veered in real quick. And I was like, is that? 
That, there's nobody in that car. And oh my gosh! They Who drive, do you yell at? Exactly. <laughs> Who do you flip they're, off? It's yeah. No, it's and they they're not driving safely around here. I'm sure they've already. I'm sure some of the listeners have heard some I'm stories. Lucky and I've argued getting, about this for uh, for a long time. I, I'm I'm good at getting it on in a driverless. Yeah, car. I don't. Yeah, I trust that more than my trust. Even most if you're people. in your Johnny Rogers Tesla. That's and, fine. And you just want to, you're a little hungover. Just tearing it he, up. That's what he says. He's, <laughs> he's, no, he says when he's in traffic, it's the only time he uses like the, the autopilot mode and you just sit there and. Yeah. Just, sleep. You know, kind of, well, not sleep. You're not supposed to sleep, I think. Well, but, I know, but I'm just. <laughs> that's what I would do. I'll, I'll just say this. I know they, they, the people will send us all these statistics of how many accidents they've been in. I trust that technology more than most people. I'm just going to say that. You know really? I mean? I'm, 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 the people here are human beings. Yeah, it's, I guess that's fair. I do trust my cars. My cars brakes when when they come on after I, you know I've stopped too late or something like that. Yeah, well, sure. yeah, yeah. Now cars have all these fail safes in them, Doris. So, so if you ordered an Uber, proofing. if you yeah. ordered an Uber tie and it came and there was no driver and it was going to take you where you wanted to go, would you get in it? Yeah, but I'm banned from Uber. So <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I use Lyft. What do you mean you're banned? I don't know why. I don't know what I did. You got to know why. It means, you, it means you bailed on a bunch of rides. I guarantee you, you cancel at the last second. <laughs> I've <Maybe>. seen that. <laughs> I, don't, I just got a message one morning. It was I, like, your account has been deactivated. If you listen enough, you know I learned something new about Ty every single episode of this show. <laughs> you're banned from Uber. I'm but it doesn't li- surprise me. Most of the things I learn don't surprise me when I hear them anymore. I don't think I like threw up in a car or anything, too, because I would have got charged for that. By the way. It was just like, yeah, they, I don't think they kick you off for that. They just get, You just get dinged on your score, I think. When I walked in the door just before 5 this morning, there was Ty sleeping on the couch. With my baseball bat. With his bat. baseball bat. He had his shoes off, he had a blanket, and he had a baseball bat. I'm like, what's the ball bat for? <laughs> I was stretching. Security? <laughs> Security? Yeah. What is going to break in here? Uh, all right, Ty, what do you have for us in Hot or Not on a Buck Off Thursday? Um, Jason, let me find it real quick. One of, one of the Kelsey brothers. Ooh, the center for the Eagles. I don't know. First, are you are either of you a fan of chugging beer, or were you in your past? I Well, you'll find this out. When I was in college, I was a professional Beer chugger, I could do. Oh, wow. I, yeah, that I was, was that. A lot of people at one point were like, "This is the only thing I've seen you truly excel Except at." Time. This is this is your skill. Yes, <laughs> I was superpower. I, was, I, I would say I was a five star beer chugger. Oh wow, college, okay. yeah. like under shotgun under a second, kind of just I call it my magic Didn't trick. Matter. You, know, you want to see yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I can. I, I and even to this day, I don't chug beer anymore, but I, I can. I drink everything really fast. I, I'm the same way. I can't. I, I, I can't babysit it. It's got to, It's yeah. yeah. If I get a mixed drink at the bar, I, that's the one thing I learned in Lubbock was scoop and score. Take out the ice, score the drink, and that's and I became. <laughs> oh, I've been I, a fan I am of one chugging of those, my drinks. Since even the, if I get like a, if I do get a mixed drink, I get a single, but I get a, like in a pint glass, just so there's more like club, club soda yep. and less ice. I'm like, I, I'll just drink it too fast. I was drinking the tequila sodas tall last night. There you go. Those, those go down fast. But anyway, and Jason Kelsey. Why you slept on the couch? <laughs> Jason Kelsey, Kelsey drink a 30-ounce beer in 5.7 seconds. To, my, to me, I mean, that's like seven, eight beers. Wow. So that's uh, that's inhaling. How what's many he, ounces? What's he weigh? Like 300. He's, two, a, three, he's 300. a center. Yeah. He's probably 300 two, right yeah. at it. What is, uh, how many ounces? 30. Well, that's like three beers. Is it? I looked well, it up. Well, beer's 12 ounces, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. So it's, it's not that half. good, then. Two and a half beers. Yeah. Well, my my least proud achievement was when I did do a beer bong from one. I was we were at Galveston. I was on the beach, and of course the beach house had a balcony up, and they had a funnel with a long tube. And <laughs> I don't know how many were in there, but I chugged them. Got very you know, sick that and, night. I used to put some little, you know a little tequila floater in there. I mean, it was it was a one it was a one like a one story beer bong. Yeah. I and they filled it up, and I opened the valve. I did it. Deletion oh, mode. 
It was, it was impressive. Yeah, I guess that's only 30 ounces, only 2.5 beers. That's kind of weak. Weak. Come on, Kelsey. We'll be back. For Nick Schulte is here. Also, our man Keenan Womack will join us coming up previewing the NBA free agent period, which starts in July.